0: Hello, fellow movie lovers, and welcome to Cult Fiction, a podcast where we examine Hollywood's red-headed stepchildren. As a red-headed stepchild myself, I'm Stephanie Johnson.
1: And I'm Andy Boel. and today we are peeling back Hollywood's Crypt to review Joel Schumacher's The Lost Boys. Thou shalt not fall
0: so dramatic when it was, like, in the middle of nowhere when he kills Kiefer because, spoiler alert, Kiefer Sutherland gets killed. That's when it plays, like, thou shall not kill. And I was like, this is out of the middle of nowhere.
1: (laughs) I mean, the soundtrack to this movie is, like, head and shoulders the best thing about it, so...
0: And the soundtrack uh, isn't that great.
1: Yeah, this, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know we're going to get into it, but like, just just my my one sentence review is, you know, around this time in his career, Joel Schumacher was directing a lot of music videos, and it shows in several different ways for this movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's being generous. I. <sighs>
1: Before, okay, before we get into it, I, I, you, I I had this expectation that you loved this movie. <laughs>
0: oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. This movie is a flaming piece of garbage that is fun to watch.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Which is kind of, okay, that's why we have a cult movie podcast, because there are movies that are so bad, they're kind of enjoyable and this is one of those but no i bought this i think for 3.99 at a blockbuster going out of business sale
1: <laughs> okay i love it and and that context helps a lot because like the whole time i was like okay did she did she, did, did she watch this as a kid for the first time? Like, like, this movie imprinted on a bunch of people. The IMDb is covered of people being like, this is the best vampire movie ever. And I no. judge them. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: so this movie and Blood for Dracula have to have a fight. Who wins?
1: Ooh. There's no, there's no virgin blood, like. But
0: I need virgin. I need virgin blood.
1: He needs. Yeah, Dracula's not going to find any virgins unless he's cruising the boardwalk. Which shit. I'd, I'd make that movie. Um, oh jeez.
0: <laughs> no, I, I
1: think I, I think David and his gang like heartily destroy. That pathetic version of Dracula, like in a heartbeat, I, 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 I gotta say, this is not even the fifth worst movie that we have watched. This was a bad movie, but you're absolutely right. This is campy and has at least more rewatchability than like Howard the Duck without it's kind a doubt. Of fun.
0: Yeah. But we are getting way ahead of ourselves, so <laughs> listeners, if you missed and/or skipped the movie *Lost Boys*, is the gruesome '80s adventures of two brothers, Michael and Sam, who move with their newly divorced mother, Lucy, to Santa Carla, California, only to discover that the town is overwrought with vampires.
1: For and Andy, yeah,
0: you've been here.
1: So yeah, I've I've been here. I've been, I've been to Santa, quote unquote, Carla. Like when I first saw that, I thought it was the laziest um, name change of a city I'd ever heard because I was born in Santa Clara. So I was like, (laughs) "Oh, okay, we're moving a letter three spots down." Okay, but no, no, no. They put in at least a little more credit because it's supposed to be Santa Cruz. Yes. Which, yes, I I realized as soon as I saw there's there's one shot in particular of like, so so the Santa Cruz boardwalk has this weird chairlift thing that goes over people's heads. And like every fifth one, there's this animatronic like statue in it. And so I saw a bear in a chairlift and I was like, oh, Santa Cruz, I've been there. okay I know where we are now. Party.
0: When you were in Santa Cruz, did you just happen to run into a bunch of vampires by chance?
1: You know, we were there during the day. We didn't stay till night. Now I, I think I should have because I could have gone and drank blood in a, a Jim Morrison dungeon and and <laughs> played this weird chicken on a on a train track situation and and had all sorts of misadventures.
0: Ye- yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could Yeah, could've. you could have. <laughs> <laughs> you too could have eaten maggots and worms out of Chinese takeout boxes, which is the worst part of the movie by far.
1: See, okay, did you think that was actually maggots and worms? Or do you think it was actually Chinese food and uh, Michael was being hypnotized?
0: Oh, I think it was the latter, but just... The part where he looks down and he sees maggots crawling in the box is my least favorite part. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Understandably.
0: (laughs) And I knew it was coming because I've seen this three times now.
1: Did you know to look away? Were you eating? Were you eating at this point? Because that that tends to be your troubles.
0: (laughs) No, I was not eating. I was drinking wine, but I wasn't eating.
1: Oh, well. I mean... Drinking wine during this movie seems like an <laughs> Um
0: You know what is great about this movie is young Kiefer Sutherland.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like,
0: so beautiful.
1: Beautiful man, talking like in in such just there was something about his voice, something in in the the timber and and how he delivered his lines, like keith or sutherland as david raised the bar in this movie so much and i don't mean that in a good way like he was it, it's the soundtrack and then it's for sutherland and then like i really struggle to find anything else i actually liked about lost boys
0: well so as a gilmore girls fan it has edward herman and i love him so. fair
1: fair enough point <laughs>
0: But, I mean, he's baby Edward Herman with, like, hair and limited wrinkles. And he's a little bit hot. And I was like, oh, oh, grandpa, daddy. Okay.
1: (laughs) I'm glad he is the older male figure in this movie that you found yourself attracted to and not the actual grandpa.
0: The actual grandpa was crazy.
1: (laughs) Yes. Like, clinically insane. And I hated him. (laughs)
0: What did you hate most?
1: I, I you know what I hated most? I hated most that this man, spoiler for a movie from the 80s, willingly lives in the outskirts of a vampire infested town, knows it, and then not only lets the entirety of his family move in with him, but his only like idea of defense is to taxidermy a shit ton of small animals and give them to his grandson when he knows about vampires. Yep. Like I, I I wanted to make a point about um, Ed Herman and how I never saw that twist coming because I think you might be the only one who cares about Ed Herman in this movie. Um, But Focusing on grandpa, the the most ridiculous thing is the ending where he kills Ed Herman and then has that that gag cut to laugh track line about the worst thing about Santa Carla being the damn vampires. What?
0: Grandpa, what? (laughs) Your only daughter moves in with you. Starts dating a man that you don't know, and you don't tell her about the vampires. That's just bad parenting.
1: That's horrible, pa- bad parenting. You're you're constantly uh, rolling off to get some strange from the old biddy down the street, and you just let your family go out at night like it is. It is wholly ridiculous. It is one of the most. Campy ass things about this. It is so ludicrous in the most cheeseball manner. <laughs> and I, I, I get it. I get it. But, but no, Grandpa's ridiculous. I, I gotta ask you, out of our our family, out of our protagonists, who am I supposed to hate the most?
0: <laughs> I don't know, cause both brothers are not great. Grandpa's not great as we've discussed and Diane Weest uh as Lucy isn't a great mother. Not gonna lie. I uh
1: I I watched this one with Mariah that she she hasn't watched the last couple movies but she she opted to be in the room while I watched Lost Boys and it got to the point where Sam like runs into the electronic store she's working at and is trying to straight up tell her that there's a problem that there are the, I, I, I don't remember if he mentions vampires or not, but he's clearly freaking out and she just yells at him for trying to cock block her again and sends him home. And Mariah <laughs> starts yelling at the TV about what a bad mother Lucy is. Oh no.
0: Okay, so this is this is a good point to go into because the theme that I could tell they were trying to make is this theme of, like, mothers and vampires. And I know that, like, it was going to be a Peter Pan-ish thing and then it changed. But, like, Lucy as the mother... And then we have Star, the romantic character, but she also kind of has this mothering thing going on where she stands up for this young boy. Right. There's, like, attempts at the theme of motherhood and how different women carry it off, but it just doesn't go far enough. And it just was very disappointing because I was like, I can see where you're going, but you're not there. But you hate garlic, don't you?
1: No, I like garlic. Garlic. just a little much (laughs) absolutely and and i wonder if that really is like the the reason as to why this was such a steaming pile um because this was supposed to be directed by richard donner the guy who made the first couple supermans and he wanted to do like basically it, it literally was a okay peter pan is a vampire go kind of thing and the gang was going to be children the lost boys and they were really going to make it as heavy-handed as possible and make Lucy Wendy Oh, damn. and and yeah 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 and so he drops out of the project they they pass it along to Joel Schumacher and he goes mm, that idea I hate that I I I hate it hate it hate it hey let's do 80s biker vampires cool cool and so yeah they they had half of this script that was playing along those themes, and then had somebody else come in and be like, no, guys, listen, I just made this uh, music video in Australia. I know what's going to put butts in seats. Let's throw in some leather daddies. And you get this (laughs) mishmash.
0: Well, and that makes it make more sense, because, like, the vampire, the gang, David and the rest of the teen youth boys... Are so randomly plopped in there, like from the establishing shots of them getting into trouble on the boardwalk, they're just sold as teen troublemakers, but they don't really have a motivation other than making more people vampires.
1: Right. If you. Okay. Wanted- if you wanted to be really kind to of this movie, you could say that, like, oh, that's the proof that David isn't the the real head or whatever. But I, I highly doubt that they were thinking about that. They were thinking about having a dirt bike chicken sequence because it's the 80s. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... I... I meant to watch the trailer to this and and I honestly forgot to, but I'm trying to, I was trying to sit here and be like, okay, movie theater in 1987. Do you walk in and know it's a vampire movie? Because they treat it like that's a surprise and they, they treat it like that's a big reveal. You know, the first couple of kills you never actually see what happens you just get the the helicopter shot uh zooming in on a person and then them screaming um and they you know they have the big deal where all the lost boys are hanging out on the tree and they vamp out Mm
0: -hmm. very buffy
1: very buffy coined the phrase um they vamp out and then you know there's the whole bit about max being the secret head vampire i was trying to sit here and be like okay take take this out of 2020 brain take this out of me knowing the lost boys was a vampire movie for like over a decade is this better if it's some sort of twist but i feel like they really like kind of make it clear before the big reveal that yes we're dealing with vampires all of the comic books that the frog brothers give sam are vampire related um so I just I really I'm like, eh. but well, the movie but...
0: poster, I, I just looked up the original movie poster and the original tagline for this movie is sleep all day, party all night, never grow old, never die. It's fun to be a vampire.
1: OK, well, there you so go. So the,
0: the movie poster has it on there. I don't think it was shocking for anyone that it was a vampire movie. I think it's supposed to be like shocking for Michael. To find out that they're vampires, kind of like that, um like dramatic irony. Like we know, Michael doesn't.
1: You know what? Fair, fair, fair. I can buy that. I can t- I can totally accept that.
0: Another movie poster is. Uh, another tagline is, "Being wicked is in their blood."
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. I see, I see what you're you. Doing.
1: I see you movie that comes out in the height of the AIDS epidemic, but okay. <laughs> that's, Jesus probably, Christ. that's probably being way too much of a Debbie Downer.
0: <laughs> I just, I just spat took my own wine back into the glass. Andrew.
1: Yay.
0: <laughs> it's not an episode unless you can make me do that.
1: I'm obnoxiously proud.
0: <laughs> okay. So speaking of this being very eighties, when you saw Michael, did you, did he remind you of anyone?
1: Michael really didn't. Who who did he remind you of?
0: Billy from Stranger Things.
1: Oh.
0: Like, he's got that big hair, especially after he gets his earring. But he's got, like, the really big white teeth, the really tight acid wash jeans. And I'm like, ooh, okay. All right. Okay. I see I see where Stranger Things got a little bit of its <laughs> inspiration.
1: Yeah, yeah, now that you say that, I I can totally see it. And it's it's that crazy curly long mullet. I mean, I will say, you know, we've got David, we've got Bill S Preston as Marco, and we've got uh, you know, Star and Laddie, and then we've got the two other totally ripped totally punk buff uh you know vampire lost boys and the entire time i was just sitting there being like they could be literally the lead and backing guitarist of any metal band and <laughs> and i would believe it like they could be members of striper and i'd go okay that's weird was everyone to...
0: in this cast is relatively attractive
1: and, and that's the point i mean you know, I, I mentioned Joel Schumacher and I, as soon as his name came up, like, like you know, in the opening seconds, I was put on edge because I do not understand how Joel Schumacher has a career. Um, the man, you know, gave us the worst two Batmans. Um, St. Elmo's Fire, which is like the only good movie he had made, you know, relatively good movie he had made um, before Lost Boys. And he's done just a whole bunch of utter shit, like 8mm oh, no. and um, oh. you know Batman and Robin, the number 23, the Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera has not aged well, I will just say.
0: Wait, like the Phantom of the Opera movie that like came out in like 2000-whatever?
1: Yep, the Emmy Rossum, Gerard mm-hmm. Butler um, Phantom of the Opera, the movie that I asked a girl out to and she didn't realize I was asking her out on a date, that one. Um, um
0: <laughs> I mean, I know the backstory of that, and I know that you got your revenge by singing a song at her where you were like, Haha, bitch, I am in control, which also <laughs> hasn't aged well, Andrew.
1: No, no, it is not. But you know, I was a seventh grader. Um <laughs> <laughs> but my, my point is like, I've been ever since I watched this, it's been, you know, like three or four days. I've been sitting here being like, how the, f- how the hell did you have a career? Joel Schumacher. And, and I think I can understand. Cause this was like the second movie he actually did. And I think Joel Schumacher probably walked into the production office and was like, okay. I will make your movie a hit. I will put the sexiest cast members I can. I will deal with Corey Feldman, the 13-year-old cocaine addict. I will make a music video out of this vampire thing that you're putting in front of me, and I will make you six times your money, which he did. So... I guess oh, though really I,
0: this made money?
1: This had a budget uh and I know I, I know I usually do this at the end but Lost boys had a budget of 5 million dollars and walked away with 32. So what? jokes on us.
0: How? How?
1: Keeper Sutherland.
0: Uh, yeah, that's fair.
1: Jason Patrick.
0: Oh, Jason Patrick is quite pretty
1: biker jackets. Print it. Mm
0: okay all right yeah fair enough Feeding time come and get it boys especially okay so like you have to imagine if we were teenagers when this came out this would be the go to the movie theater and make out movie absolutely because it's relatively plotless it's very easy to follow. It's loud enough that if you make noises in the movie theater, it's not fucking that big of a deal. But, like, also, I candy, like, whoa.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And in, in 1987 is, like, the perfect time to do that. You know, pop culture's on the rise and movie theaters are... Like, we're beyond the drive-in, but you can still, like, go to the movie theater and just have a crazy good time, and yeah, there are there is one scare in this movie, there is one thing that might make the person you go jump, and other than that, it's just pretty, pretty people... Doing fun and exciting things, and it's cut together like a music video with the most like sensual playing uh, bass in the background, but we're not actually showing anything sex scene. Like, I, you're <laughs> absolutely right. This is a makeout movie.
0: This is a makeout movie. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think this would be, I think this would be height of teenagers and the 80s, like. Yeah, of course this is of course this did well. It's fun. It's stupid.
1: I was trying to figure out if this was meant to be a kids movie. I mean, it's it's rated R, so theoretically not. It's it's listed as a comedy horror on IMDb and I I wonder how liberally that comedy part was slapped on there. But like, it's yeah, not this that is funny. It's it's not funny at all unless you find like the the frog brothers, uh, trying to force feed garlic to Ed Herman, funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it is really like such an unoffensive piece of of movie, and
0: eh. and yet I found something that did not age well.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, go for it
0: social justice one two three i wanna be pc it's just the way to be for me and you okay so star's whole sitch there is like other than the mom lucy there is one female character in this movie and she's used as bait indeed for the vampires she's an object cool 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 (laughs) and then lucy is ultimately hunted down as a mother figure not as a person she's not hunted down because she's attractive on her own it's not her winning personality it's the fact that she's already a mom and the vampires need a mother
1: Boo. boo! 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 Ed Herman! Boo! Boo! <laughs> boo! This was this was at least co-written by a woman. Boo! <laughs> boo!
0: Misogyny is internal and ruins all of us.
1: Indeed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's the only thing I could find on this didn't age well, other than the fact that like, I tried to do research and couldn't find a single person of color in the cast
1: oh yeah that's a fair point that's very uh that's very 87 of this
0: yeah I mean there were some people who I was like I don't know maybe but no for the most part the cast is very white and very obviously white
1: yeah yeah star is kind of like maybe there's something in there but racially
0: ambiguous is the term we use in 2020 andy (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah fair fair enough I walked into that one
0: <laughs> no so I looked it up she is actually um her family is Ashkenazi Jew oh, um okay so
1: because
0: I was I was curious as well because I think the movie purposefully and this is another thing that didn't age well I think the movie purposefully was trying to like portray her as kind of a Romani character mm. um Like she had those, she had the big hoop earrings and the like long flowy shirts and she slept in a bed surrounded by a canopy. And I was like, okay, what are you trying to, what portrait are you trying to paint about this character?
1: Interesting. Okay. Cause I took all of that and, and plus her name being star and there's like one line that kind of alludes to it. I was sitting there being like, okay, you very clearly were like a '60s hippie at Woodstock when you got turned, and that's oh
0: interesting.
1: And, and and that's the thing. That's one of the things, at least, that this movie was totally lacking for me. And and you know, this is why when people say this is one of the greatest vampire movies ever made, I take a massive objection to it. There is zero exploration of you know the whole immortality concept in any of the vampires star being seemingly an actual hippie is the closest we get to it, but we never find out how old David or Max or, or anyone else is Marco has a name where it's like, okay, nobody was naming their white son, Marco in 87 or I guess (laughs) 1970. So he's probably older than he looks, but like, I, I love it when, vampire movies play with that it's it's you know part of why i think um interview with a vampire is one of the best vampire movies ever made and Mm -hmm. and this didn't have any of that
0: Mm -hmm. well and the rules of being a vampire are really unclear
1: very much so yeah
0: there's different rules for edward herman than there are for the rest of the vampire boys like, Max is able to do anything he freaking wants. And there's like, Alex pointed this out later because he read my notes and he was like, actually, because um, <laughs> that's my husband, ladies and gents, um, and non binary folk. But he, so he was like, actually, because Edward Herman is invited into the home, he says he's all powerful. So that's why he can do whatever he wants. <laughs>
1: So <laughs> in a, in a much less uh condescending what? manner, I was I was going to say that's one of the few things I I do appreciate that the movie kind of explained is him being like, yeah, I can eat garlic cuz you invited me in, dumbass. Um but that doesn't explain, you know, there's a, there's a moment where we see him just walking around in the sun outside. Um and, and for that right? matter, um the Lost Boys Underground Hotel Hideaway, it was pretty well lit. I mean I don't know. The the we see sunlight burn David, so that's definitely a thing, but it was very much like okay, but no, we need the shot to look nice during the day, so eh.
0: <laughs> so I won't stand up for Lost Boys. I won't. I really won't. But the underground sunken hotel had a light in the middle, like, coming down from the center. And then they were all arranged in kind of a semicircle behind that light. Mmm. And that's only something I've noticed because I've rewatched it three times. Or I've- <laughs> I've excuse me I've watched it 3 times. I have rewatched it twice, which is still too many times, Andy.
1: Listen, if you've seen it 4 times, I'm not going to judge you.
0: Well, you know, it's no green room where you need to rewatch it 10 times to actually like the
1: movie. Damn. <laughs> okay. Fair point. Did you pick
0: up my sarcastic wine slurping on Mike?
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love you.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, you know, I was so ready to be like, listen, I didn't need to watch Green Room. It was a treat. But but then you pulled off that amazing burn. I tried to make you immortal. You
0: tried to make me a killer! Uh, There is a sequel to this.
1: Yeah, there are. I I think there are two, aren't there?
0: Yeah, there's two sequels. One of them is called The Thirst, which was released in 2010. But there is also Lost Boys the Tribe, which was released in 2008, which is an alternative ending to The Lost Boys.
1: And. what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> like
0: I don't know. I found it on IMDb and I was like, what?
1: It's an hour and a half long. Corey Feldman's in it because he needed something to do other than cocaine. Um, sure. It's written by the same people. What the hell?
0: <laughs>
1: oh no. <laughs> it stars Kiefer's brother, Angus as david I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. Angus Sutherland?
1: Angus Sutherland. Or no, I'm sorry. He's not David. He's Shane who so maybe it is a different bad I don't know. I I God, I don't want to watch this, but I kind of want to watch this. <laughs>
0: Um, real real
1: real real, real quick real quick Uh, do yourself a treat listeners and and pull up uh, the poster for Lost Boys of the Tribe but if you're not and and I'm going to read some names for you these these are the starring cast members these are the above the title credits Tad Hilgenbrink
0: I'm sorry who?
1: Angus Sutherland Autumn Reeser And Corey Feldman as Edgar. What the shit? (laughs) I take it back. I'm fucking totally going to watch this.
0: I mean. Yep. I kind of want to, too, I guess.
1: Bonus episode. Boom. Whenever we get around to it. But yeah, so there's there's the the tribe, and then the thirst, the which thirst. which uh, the movie poster is Corey Feldman and the uh, the other guy standing in. It looks like a sewer, but I think it's supposed to be outside, and they're both holding samurai swords like it's Blade. I mean,
0: speaking <laughs> of Blade, Blade is a great reading recommendation. If you want to have a reading recommendation based on this movie, that's, I promise you 100% better than this movie. Hell yeah. The blade comic books are really, really good.
1: The blade comic books kick ass. Blade has always been a phenomenal comic book character. And, you know, speaking of best vampire movies, I'm going to throw blade two out there. So (laughs) I'm totally here for it.
0: Do you have a favorite blade comic book run?
1: being totally honest, um you you had typed in one beforehand that you were like the so-and-so run. And I was like, Yeah, I remember that being really good. Um Blade So is... that was
0: Blade the Vampire Hunter, which is by Ian Edgington Ed Edgington and Doug Wheatley.
1: There you go. I will so say was two-
0: Oh, I was going to say. So it's two white guys, but they're writing a character of color, and that's pretty exciting. And he's a vampire hunter? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs>
1: well i will say and this is a little bit more in my wheelhouse like blade is one of blade at the last time i remember was like a full-on avenger in the comic books, so that's cool um and beforehand blade was a member of this team called the mighty avengers and granted that was written by a guy named al ewing who is british and white as hell but the whole conceit of that run of mighty avengers wound up being taking like all of the african-american superheroes in the avengers universe and building a team around them and while it was written by a white guy it was like a very it it was a very non-exploitive um look at that sort of thing And, and i actually thought it was pretty cool That's awesome.
0: That sounds good as hell. What is that
1: called? So that is The Mighty Avengers by Al Ewing, his run. Um, And in that run, Blade fights vampire cobra people. So, you know.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But Lost Boys.
0: But Lost Boys.
1: I gotta say, like, you know, I mentioned I thought this was supposed to be a kids movie. And... We've talked at length about how this is a bad movie. And I think a lot of that for me, at least rests on the shoulders of the Corey's Feldman. (laughs) And, you know, he's escaped our ire thus far, but Corey Haim, who was the other like dynamic duo of the eighties child stars. Corey Haim is Sam. I can't tell how old he is, But I can tell you he needed to be like two or three years younger than he actually was when he made this movie. Because the kid looks like he's 13, but is treated, especially by Diane Weist, like he's 10.
0: Yep. He's taking baths. He is um, being asked to be babysat
1: and like never doing the thing of like i'm old enough to do it myself he's like no yes okay give me a babysitter
0: (laughs) yeah so it's just it's very odd because he definitely looks 13 and then it's kind of like this weird dichotomy of he's old enough to be absolutely out by himself no like all the ways to get into mischief but he's young Mm -hmm. enough to need a babysitter
1: right yeah So was very confusing yeah, very confusing. Very much just a part that kind of fell flat, and and I mean, like we've established, this this seemingly was not meant to be a a kids movie, but you know, one of one of the several proposed rewrites I think we're working through is very much make this the littlest vampire just with Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I gotta say before we get into the wrap up stuff though. The idea of horror movie on a boardwalk mm-hmm. that I'm here for. That kicks ass. And especially if you're gonna use the Santa Cruz boardwalk, which is one of the coolest, most campy, badass looking boardwalks around. Like that was I, I really appreciated the time we spend in the first half of the movie there. And, that you know, was
0: cool because it's like, oh nothing can happen here. There's tons of people and then it brings up the idea that everything can happen here there's tons of people
1: right that would have been such a fun explanation of like oh oh don't look down the back alley of the boardwalk which is some real life advice but you know could have played it up of you know vampire debauchery going on instead (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I liked the they got to actually shot there. I thought that was one of the things that was really cool. Um, you know, you had mentioned in your notes um, Atlantis Fantasy World, which is like a real comic shop in the Santa Cruz boardwalk. It's, you know, a little bit of a famous spot in California. It was really fun to be in like a legit comic shop, even if they got it completely just weird as shit the bit where he's like you can't put superman 99 with superman 200 i was like what the hell are they both doing out just on the wall those go in a box but i digress
0: <laughs> Nerd. yeah this
1: is the episode where my Nerd. unashamed yep yep i wear it proudly um i didn't Uh, the owner of the comic shop who you actually see him playing pinball in the background of one of those shots. Um, He has a copy of each of the vampire comic books that they straight up just like made up for this movie. He has a copy of each of those and he has like, an original VHS copy of Lost Boys that he keeps in like a place of honor above the door and you can go and like get your picture taken with it. And, and I'm always here for that sort of like, Hey, we're (laughs) in the thing kind of mystique.
0: Yeah. There's apparently Santa Cruz Lost Boys tours that you can pay. I think like upwards of what, 50 bucks a person to go like, do a walking tour of Santa Cruz and see all the parts of Santa Carla that are in this movie.
1: Would I pay 50 bucks to walk up and down the boardwalk? If we go to the Sunken Hotel, which I just know there's no way you go to the Sunken Hotel, then I would. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So there is there is another podcast um, called Gilmore Ball Z. And it is a married couple, one of whom grew up watching Dragon Ball Z and one of whom grew up watching Gilmore Girls. I'll let you guess the genders of the heteronormative couple and which show they bring. Um, But one of the things that they do is that they will occasionally do bonus episodes wherein they will watch an alternative thing that someone on each show is in or like an extra thing of like, oh, it's a Dragon Ball Z special that doesn't go with the rest of the run, whatever. Um, but so they did a special episode about Lost Boys because, like I said, mm-hmm. Edward Herman.
1: Right, right. And,
0: and both of these um, podcasters actually grew up in Santa Cruz. And they spent the entire episode just being furious, like that is our peer. How dare you? Like being kind of like righteously indignant that this movie just basically kind of trashed on their town just a little.
1: I mean, I was kind of righteously indignant that this movie existed.
0: I I think they were too, yeah, but fair. I think we, we all should be because this isn't great. <laughs>
1: So I want to say that sounds delightful. I love that. I love, I, I I want to find that episode now. Dragon Ball Z is actually like a really fun, dope, 20-minute podcast to listen to. I thought they were supposed to be in coffins. That's
0: what this cave is. It's one giant coffin. So this movie is terrible.
1: This movie is, you know, ranked in the upper end... Of scores on imdb it's you know i imdb scores are totally subjective but like this movie still has a 7.3 other movies i've liked better don't have even a 7 on imdb there's gonna come a point where we watch big trouble in little china which is Uh a movie that everyone loves i hear people talk about how great it is all the time and i fucking hate it and that is a little bit after seeing lost boys for the first time my experience
0: i have never heard wait is that
1: that's kurt russell directed by john carpenter it's racist as all hell
0: uh yeah it is i'm just looking at movie posts oh my oh my god oh this is offensive (laughs)
1: and it is a beloved movie by several people as is lost boys. Like, you know, something I've kind of realized about our show is there's a lot of stuff that I think a lot of people watch with a grain of salt that because you and I look at it critically, we just, we don't give it. And, and you brought it up that, you know, this movie is so bad. It's good. And I agree with that point, but I think a lot of times, especially people commenting online, really fall into this it's so bad it's good or i saw it in a kid and therefore i love it for some massive mm-hmm. pieces of shit
0: yeah oh absolutely and yet we still give them oscars
1: yes we do it's only fair i'm so proud of that segue
0: <laughs> thank you thank you thank you Andy, would you like to award an Oscar to Lost Boys?
1: You know, I would. And and I've kind of gone back and forth between like like ex- accepting some things about this movie and, and really hating some other things. One moment that I genuinely love. I want to give the Lost Boys the Oscar for best crashing of a christening in <laughs> film.
0: Because <laughs> they're just standing there like, awkwardly taking the holy water into their water flasks and they're just like or i'm sorry water flasks wow i'm an alcoholic canteens
1: (laughs) oh delightful
0: water flasks hi mom and dad i promise
1: i drink water you do drink water i've i've seen it i'll vouch for you (laughs) But yeah, just it's a baby christening and three boys run in and start dumping their Cub Scout canteens into the bird feeder of holy water.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And the best part is just everybody in the church looks and nobody says a word. (laughs) Unironically loved that moment. So that is yep. my Oscar. Did, did you find one?
0: Uh, I did, and it makes me look like more of an alcoholic. So, you know, it's on brand. <laughs> but my, my Oscar is for most poorly timed wine sip. Which is to say, I was drinking red wine right at the moment where the toilet explodes with red liquid which looked pretty similar to the wine I was drinking. And I was like, okay, and we're done with that now.
1: We just... <laughs> you... I need to
0: stop ingesting things. I was I about to say, movies.
1: I was literally about to say, you and ingestible things during gory moments of movies. That is, that, I mean, I can't argue that. That is the the worst moment to to sip some wine in that movie. The only thing that would have been weirder is if you drank the wine the same moment michael did and then you turned into a, a vampire with uh, liberal vampire rules applied to you <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it i love it did speaking of things we liked were you able to at least pull out a quote
0: Uh, I did, and all of them were from all of the quotes I loved were from Sam because I thought Sam, despite poorly aged, was really fucking funny. Um, and at one point he says, "Don't kill me, I'm mostly a good kid," which same.
1: Fair, yeah, very fair, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, I didn't put two and two together. My quote is also from Sam, so. I guess I get it, Corey Haim. I can't be that mad at you. Or no, no, I'm sorry. Mine was Feldman, but points still applies. I I guess the the Corey's really were magic. Um, But the moment where Edgar and Sam and Alan are all talking about killing Michael and Sam really doesn't want to do it and is like, no, 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 I'm going to save him. I'm going to fix him. And Corey Feldman's just like, kill your brother. You'll feel better. Just the nonchalance. (laughs) Like, okay, okay, good for you, Corey Feldman. You managed Mm -hmm. to give me a funny line with that weirdly deep voice you're got. You're having. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, before before we get into the delightful Kevin bacon just a, a horrifying fact I discovered I need you and everyone else to know Corey Feldman is in toxic Avenger 4
0: I'm what
1: as a gynecologist
0: that made me cross my legs so fast
1: I I could feel it from <laughs> here. <laughs>
0: Nope. Nope. Don't want one of the Corys looking at my nini. Thank you so much. (laughs) But you know what is always a good time?
1: Six degrees of Kevin Bacon.
0: Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
1: So you want to go ahead and... uh give me your kevin bacon
0: sure can i am pulling it up jason patrick is in sleepers with kevin bacon
1: sleepers i feel like i should know what that movie is and i completely don't
0: let me pull up a quick synopsis for you sleepers
1: oh damn um mer,
0: mer, 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 a 1996 american legal crime drama film written produced and directed by barry levinson
1: this I, I pulled up the poster this movie had a cast to it good good for jason patrick punching above his weight with robert de niro and brad pitt
0: and mini driver
1: there you go and Justin kevin bacon Hoffman,
0: robert de niro and kevin bacon
1: Hell yeah, I love it. Um, I actually, I had a lot of fun figuring out um, Kevin Bacon's for this one because I can also do it in one, but it is a completely different one than you did.
0: Okay.
1: So, um, Joel Schumacher, three years later, directs a movie called Flatliners, which not only has keifer sutherland but also has your boy kevin bacon which i think is the first director six degrees we've done period
0: what magical
1: so keifer sutherland and joel schulmacher to kevin bacon in flatliners hell yeah
0: oh you definitely win
1: ah <laughs> And also for a bonus, just because I I thought it was funny, um, you know, one of Kevin Bacon's very first roles was the original Friday the 13th. And Mm -hmm. the movie that made Corey Feldman and arguably is like his best performance is Friday the 13th, part three. So that's just a fun little, not quite (laughs) a Kevin Bacon, but kind of a thematic bacon.
0: A thematic bacon. A bacon of themes.
1: I love bacon of themes. It is so crispy and delicious.
0: <laughs> I'll give you a themed bacon.
1: Please. I hope it's maple. <laughs> I don't know what
0: that means. <laughs> uh, speaking of things we hope are maple, uh, should we pick our next movie?
1: Yes. As I rack my brain to think, is there is there any movie that even deals with syrup? in any way shape or form I don't think there is but if it is uh, I'm sure it's in the Hollywood crypt and we are going to let our handy dandy number generator figure it out so we have 308 movies we're we're getting close to that uh, tricentennial mark (laughs) and out of that we have a very low number it's number 6 Okay. <laughs> Number six is the Ed Wood Classic Plan Nine from Outer Space. What? One of the worst movies ever made. What? This is a movie so bad that Tim Burton made a movie about how bad this movie is when he made Ed Wood. No. This is like a time capsule. This is one of the earliest movies on the list. Oh, really? Yeah, this came out in 1959. It, I mean... There's one, two, three, four, five movies on our list that are older than this one.
0: Interesting. So where can we watch it? It's Plan 9 from Outer Space. Plan
1: 9 from Outer Space, which at time of recording, is free on Tubi TV. Okay. I'm terrified.
0: (laughs) It's black and white.
1: It's black and white. I mean, it's, it's iconic for like the bald guy and the Elvira looking chick who I think are aliens. I really don't remember. It's, it's one of the last movies, Bella Lugosi ever made. Um, We are either going to have so much to talk about or nothing. And I actually think it's going to be the first one.
0: I'm just looking ahead at some of the Google images and there are definitely UFOs where you can see the wire. So this is going to be.
1: This is the movie that made that a joke.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's all for this edition of cult fiction. If you want to keep up, you can follow rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll close the crypt for now.
1: But join us next time as we just do our damnedest to get through Plan Nine from outer space. For Stephanie <laughs> Johnson, I've been Andy Boel. It's Yay. too. It's too old for a gimmick. It's just like a, we're we're gonna try. <laughs>